Talk Radio 96.7. Oh, my. We're talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland and by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. Ronnie O is a little under the weather this evening, but Coach Joe's in the house. Yeah, we just send Ronnie our best, Eric. Uh, he's not feeling well, but fear not uh, to uh, SpongeBob and Patrick Starr and, and Squidward Tentacles and all the other friends of the ocean. Ronnie's uh, feeling a little better, he says, and we expect him back next week. If you're listening out there, Ronnie, get well soon. We're thinking about you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to change what I was planning on doing just a little bit, uh, Eric. We're, we're, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go forward with the show as we planned it generally. But I think it was important uh, to acknowledge what happened and, and talk about a little bit what happened yesterday at the uh, Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City, uh, where a shooting occurred at, after, as the parade was ending. And uh, it, it was a pretty bad one, and it, it certainly was a very tragic incident. You know, the, uh, uh, the reasons that it occurred are uh, the usual reasons that these things occur. And uh, it, it's a particularly uh, heartbreaking situation when that happens. There was a lot of kids around. A number of them were injured. Also, Eric, uh, the one, there was one fatality. It was Lisa Lopez-Galvin, who uh, worked at KKFI, in Kansas City. She was known as Lisa G. She was a DJ. So, uh, you know, certainly when, you know, a radio person goes to a parade for what should have been a, a, a celebration and ends up uh, getting killed, and it certainly is a heartbreaking situation. Her, She has two children, one of whom is an adult son who was also injured, and there were 11, uh, 22 total people injured, 11 of which were children, and some of them are still in, in serious shape, so we're, we're hoping for the best there. And I thought it important that before we go forward, and, and we've got a really good show lined up tonight, we're going to have uh, – uh, we're going to talk about sports on the uh, more national level and the Gators level with uh, CBS Sports and OnlyGators.com writer Adam Silverstein, who's going to join us in the first half of the show. And then later we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the local level. There's a great story in uh, girls' soccer, uh, George Jenkins, with a big win, very big playoff win on the road uh, the other day. And uh, Jake Maloney, the head coach of George Jenkins, is going to join us. And those of you who know me know that the George Jenkins girls' program is something that's very important to me. Uh, Alex played there, and in fact this is probably the biggest win for George Jenkins since she was a senior there a few years ago. So we're definitely going to continue to talk about that. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to say anything about this, 682-1430, 682-1430, you can reach us on the phone. I, I just think, though, that uh, I just want to say on behalf of the Ozone, we send out our best and, and our heartfelt condolences to the families of, of, of uh, Lisa Lopez-Galvin and, and anyone who was injured or traumatized by the event that happened yesterday. Uh, you know, what, what I do for a living, I've worked closely with a number of uh, people at the sheriff's office, and I currently work very closely with a lot of Lakeland PD officers. And so I'm, you know, seen and, and I've dealt with a lot of shooting cases. And the one thing that's in common in all of them is that the violence is senseless. It didn't have to happen. But we're not here to talk about the legal or societal or political ramifications of it. There's plenty of shows on this channel where you can express yourself if you have an opinion about that. And I have my own about, about how, how these things happen and, and, and how they can be prevented, perhaps. 
And I also know the great work of our own law enforcement agencies who deal with this on a daily basis and also help as best they can and do a great job in trying to prevent more events like this occurring. And, uh, you know, you think about things like that uh, at a time like this. And even though we're going to go forward with our show, because this is what we do, we talk about sports and uh, 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 we have some great stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, We just wanted to send out our best from the ozone to all the families uh, of the situation in Kansas City. And we are thinking about them. And while I'm at it, uh, let me also reiterate uh, that we're something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We send out our best to uh, Holly Kane, who uh, continues to, in her f- battle with cancer, she's dealing with um, uh, some uh, uh, treatments right now that have really uh, taken a lot out of her, energetic, her energy level. And as a result, she won't be at Daytona. I know a lot of you look forward to watching her on Channel 13 on the Daytona Sunday. And we send out our best. Hopefully she's listening. Uh, we're thinking about you. And uh, I, I w- would just say that I hope that Joey Logano winning the poll at Daytona <laughs> for the upcoming race, I hope that helped make you feel better. Or maybe it just made me feel better. I don't know. But uh, we send out our best to Holly as well. But... Let's look forward to talking about sports here at the Ozone, doing what we do best. We've got a, a really good show lined up for you tonight. Uh, Adam Silverstein is going to talk about Gator basketball. He's also going to talk about golf. Do you know Tiger Woods returned to the golf course today for the first time this year? And we'll check in on how he did in Los Angeles, where he's playing the Genesis Invitational. And uh, also uh, going to talk to Adam a little bit about the Super Bowl because uh, – you know, he, uh, he's a pretty good handicapper about these things, and he had some, some good success with the many proposition bets that he had. So we're looking forward to talking to Adam about that, and we're looking forward to talking to Coach Maloney about an incredible job he's doing at George Jenkins and uh, the challenges of, of coaching high school sports uh, in this day and age, especially at a public high school like George Jenkins. But we're, we're proud of uh, the job that he's doing there as well. And we're uh, happy to have you here tonight, and we're going to have a great show coming forward. Let's uh, take the break now and then come back after the break with Adam Silverstein of CBS Sports and OnlyGators.com. Here in the Ozone with Coach Joe, Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Scott Strickland, Athletic Director at the University of Florida. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Go Gators! Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone every Thursday from 8 until 9 right here. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone is brought to you by Foshi Jewelers and by Allied Scrap Processors. This Saturday, February 17th at 1 o'clock, the Gators at Georgia in men's basketball. 12.30 pregame, 1 o'clock tip-off on WONN, our sister station, 12.30 a.m., 107.1 FM. So if you can't uh, watch it, you can certainly listen to it. Listen to uh, Sean Kelly and Lee Humphrey call the game in uh, Athens this Saturday. Uh, And joining us to talk about Gator basketball, among other things, uh, if he's up for it, because um, (laughs) I don't know that I can handle watching these guys, but it sure is fun. We want to talk to the director of editorial CBS Sports. He's also the curator of OnlyGators.com. Uh, the great Adam Silverstein joining us here in the Ozone. Adam, uh, are you okay, man? I mean, these guys will put you through the ringer, won't they? <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a uh, stretch here for Florida basketball, certainly. And then just sports in general has been pretty crazy as of late. 
Yes, it has. And I talked about it a little bit in the opening uh, about what happened yesterday. And, and of course, we're all really upset about that. And we certainly acknowledge it and mm-hmm. send out our best to uh, to everyone who was hurt and or killed or traumatized by that. And uh, we appreciate you joining us to talk about the, uh, the, the sports aspect of it. So we can uh, do that tonight. Uh, but with respect to it, let's start with the Super Bowl since we, we went in that direction. Uh, sure. The uh, uh, an amazing close game. There's been the, one of the things, and I'm, I'm curious to what you think about this, is go into overtime. Under the new rules, each team definitely gets the ball no matter what. Is it better to take it second or to receive the way San Francisco chose to do? Absolutely better to take it second. You need to know what you need to get. Very similar to the college rules, right? Um, you get back and forth possessions from the 25 in college. So what you want to do is defer. You want to see what the other team is able to do with their possession. And that allows you to know what you need to do primarily on fourth down is really what it is in college. Because if you don't get in the end zone on third, you can kick the field goal. The other team has the opportunity to come score a touchdown, win the game outright. Um, so when you go to the NFL, it's you're getting a full possession. You know, you're not getting it at the opponent's 25. You're getting it at your own 25 for the most part. And you need to see what they can do. If you get a stop defensively, all you need is a field goal. If they kick a field goal, all you need is a field goal to tie and continue the game. Or if they kick a field goal, you can go for that touchdown, try to win outright. So in every situation, um, you should be deferring there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan made the wrong decision. And you saw it, if, you, if you're on social media, you saw it on Patrick Mahomes' face. As soon as uh, they chose the ball, he just looked like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're giving me the ball last. And guess what? They won the game. It's the very first time this happened under the new rule. And it did seem like San Francisco wasn't quite as prepared as Kansas City was for for that. Uh, it, it, one, one thing that came up as San Francisco had that first drive in overtime is they had a third down. They were on their side of the 40-yard line. And uh, I believe it was Tony Romo who indicated that he thought this was four-down territory. Uh, knowing that you have the ball first in overtime, are you more likely to go for it uh, even in your own end of the field? Well, you're, you're not going to. Are you saying in overtime? Yes, in, in the in overtime. overtime you know, if if you get to a fourth down situation on your end of the sure. field, assuming it's not fourth and forever, uh, do you, is there more pressure to maybe go for it because knowing you might not see the ball again? For me, it's about who's the opponent, right? If I'm playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, I'm going for it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the distance would have to be for me to not go for it. Like you can trust your defense and say you trust your defense, but the 49ers kind of fell apart defensively in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. Uh, The chiefs figured out how to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. They were moving it down the field. So the last thing that they wanted to do, or or if you were in that situation on a fourth down, the last thing you would want to do is punt it away, give Mahomes the ball at what the 30, 35, maybe, um, or maybe, maybe get lucky and boot it deep. But, I mean, look what we've seen Patrick Mahomes do to the Bills and Josh Allen. I forgot the exact seconds, but he did a field goal drive in, like, 16 seconds, you know, and, and won a game. So you, you can't give him any time with the ball. So, yeah, uh, in every situation that was handled wrong. And, like I said, if it was a fourth-quarter situation, you know, around the 40s, let's say, uh, you're going to have to go for it if you're playing them. If you're playing a different team, then maybe a punt. Uh, but, no, not the Chiefs, not Patrick Mahomes. Well, San Francisco generally did a good job against the Chiefs' offense, uh, though, like you said, started or in the fourth quarter, they really kicked it up a notch uh, offensively mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. And San Francisco decided to fire their defensive coordinator. What's your opinion about that? Um, situational. This guy, Steve Wilkes, has been on the wrong end of some personnel decisions, and you know I don't think it's his fault they lost the game. Uh, San Francisco had a great defense all season. feels a little reactionary to me. 
at the same time, they probably felt like they needed to do something. And he was kind of the, I don't want to necessarily say he's the scapegoat of the entire thing, but look, you know, these coaches generally don't make decisions on a rash basis that they're generally thought through pretty well. So chances are there was some animosity between the sides all season long. And they said, Hey, you know, if we win then water under the bridge, but if we don't, then maybe we have to make a move. That's my guess without actually knowing the situation. Generally, they're not making a snap decision and firing a guy just because of the Super Bowl. Adam, with your work at CBS Sports, you can follow him on X at Silverstein Adam. That's at S-I-L-V-E-R-S-T-E-I-N-A-D-A-M. Uh, and I noticed on there, do you still do the stuff for CBS Sportsline as well? I do, yeah. Yeah, because you have quite a good handicapper. You won uh, all but a couple of your parlay, or not parlays, well, some of them, or a couple of them were parlays or teasers, but you won all of your proposition bets. One that you didn't win, and I hate to bring this up, it's you talk about bad beats. Marquez Valdez-Scantling over (laughs) over 20 yards receiving. Uh, For those of you who aren't aware, on that one play in overtime, when the Chiefs threw it to Scantling, he had to turn to six-yard gain into a four-yard loss. Yeah, he, he turned it to a four-yard loss, and instead of having, you know, 26, 28, however many yards on the game, he ended up having 20 and uh, lost that prop by half a yard. Sorry about that. That was my dog. He's just as angry as I am currently <laughs> at that prop. Um, but, no, it, it's uh, I had a really good year with Sportsline. Um, it's Sportsline.com, by the way, or at Sportsline on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, NFL, I basically only pick the games against the spread. That's just my specialty. That's what I do well. Last year, didn't do it so well. This year, uh, I think I was number one on the entire site. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but it was a good season for sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't, mind, I don't mind talking about that for a moment. <laughs> well, I was very <laughs> impressed with the uh, teaser that you pulled off where you had to win both yeah. bets, uh, KC plus eight and under 53. Uh, yeah. Nice work there. Uh, you, of course, you're also uh, known for onlygators.com, and uh, your coverage sure. of Gator basketball is exceptional. Uh, if you get the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, at Only Gators. Uh, Adam live tweets during the basketball games and it keeps you up to date mm-hmm. on all the relevant statistics. And, and I don't know how you managed to, to do that in the second halves of these games. Now, there's been four <laughs> occasions this in the last month where the Gators blew double-digit leads in the second yeah. half. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it, it's a frustration, especially because you when you're, when you're covering a game like that live, and I'm not there, I'm not on site, but I'm, I'm watching from home and trying to keep people updated you lull yourself into like a sense of security, right? First half, they're up 18, they're up 16. You're like, all right, I can go make dinner. I can go pet the dog. I can, you know, walk around a little bit and miss a minute of action. But the way this team plays in the second half, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be in that huddle, to be on the bench, to be in the locker room after these games. They make it so difficult for themselves. I've never seen anything like it. All a team needs to do is switch to like a zone defense and they just can't score. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, a couple games ago, they missed their final, I want to say, 12 shots. Uh, this past week, they had a 20-point lead. Uh, not, not, not week, past game. They had a 20-point lead to LSU, which was 12 and 11 entering the game. Blew the 20-point lead. Won by, I think, two or four, I forget. Only because LSU missed a wide-open floater at the buzzer. I mean, it's maddening. This is a team that is 10 games over 500 for the first time in seven years. That's fantastic. They're just on the cusp of the 20, top 25. They're, as of right now, firmly in the NCAA tournament, but they can't get out of their own way at the end of some of these games, and they got to figure it out. If they can figure it out, you're talking about a team that can possibly go, you know, Sweet 16. But if they can't, you're talking about a team 
who knows? They could get eliminated right in the first round. Yeah, well, they're certainly likely to make it close. That is a, a little bad habit that, that can come up and bite them at the worst time. You know, the, we I got a little false sense of confidence when they didn't uh, have a problem with the lead against Auburn. They not only maintained right. it, they increased it. And this is an Auburn right. team that last night beat South Carolina by 40 points. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about an amazing South Carolina team. So there's a lot to like about the Gators. We spoke with Mark Wise last week, and he's particularly pointed out uh, Zion Pullen as being uh, possibly an oh, all-SEC yeah. player. Uh, who, who else do you like on that team that, that's particularly shining right now and important for the Gators in their, in their uh, progress? There's an old phrase, and I'm saying it's old, but for us it's probably not. Uh, I think they used to say it about Reggie Jackson all the time back in the day, the straw that stirs the drink. And Florida has a bunch of talented players. The reason why they are a successful team this season is Zion Pullen. He, the way he plays is immensely impressive. You're talking about a, a true point guard that the Gators have not had in a long time, yet despite carrying the rock and, and dishing it out, 16 points a game, he's averaging five assists, one turnover, uh, you know, he's shooting – like 85% from the line, 40% from three. This is an NBA player, not maybe not a starter, but this is a guy who could be on an NBA bench, no question about it. Love the way he's playing. And, you know, come into the season, I think we all thought this is going to be the breakout campaign for Riley Kugel. And certainly he's playing a little bit better of late, but it's having a sophomore slump. There's no question about it. Walter Clayton Jr. has come in from Iona, I believe he was with Rick Bettino, and he is just lighting up the scoreboard, also playing extremely well. The one-two punch in the backcourt of Clayton and Pullen, they are the reason the Gators are so successful this season, and it certainly helps. They have just really strong rebounders and shot blockers. It's just Sometimes it's just about bodies, and I'm not saying those guys aren't talented. A lot of them are young. They're growing. They're going to figure it out over the next couple of years, but the way Todd Golden has built this team for anyone criticizing him, and, and there's plenty you can potentially criticize, he's built a team that is immensely competitive, the most competitive team that Florida's had in a long time. And, again, it's Pullen. He's uh, the straw that stirs the drink, and you have Clayton, who's getting the scoring done. Yeah, they are having their best season in years, and, and they're improving as the season goes on, so there's a, a, lot, mm-hmm. to, a lot to like about that. Um, hey, down your way, Florida Atlantic, the Final Four team last year, uh, off to a little bit of a uh, iffy start, but they seem to be playing mm-hmm. well now. They're coming up here to Tampa for a huge game on Sunday at USF. Uh, is there any chatter about uh, that game going on? I know a lot of people are, are amazed at how well USF is doing this year. Yeah, I don't have anything too much on those teams, just being candid with you guys. FAU, it was a struggle start, I would say, but I think they've won eight of their last nine games and three straight overtime, or two straight. Uh, overtime games, they went one and one, but they've had three overtime games in like their last six. Uh, so they're even in situations where they're struggling, they're fighting through the extra period and they're trying to get the job done. Um, I think they're three and one in overtime this year. That's what you want to see. That, and by the way, Florida is three and zero oh in overtime this year. So th- when you when the pressure's on, how do you perform, right? And the Owls are proving that they can perform. I don't have anything specific on the USF game. I think they're playing Temple right now. Um, but look, they're something like. 20 and 5, 19 and 5. They're going to make the tournament most likely. And all they need to do is get in the field. And you know exactly what they can do when they get the opportunity. Yeah, they're currently with about 15 minutes to go in their game. FAU is leading 53 49 over Temple. Uh, they're playing okay, uh, you down your way. Uh, the, uh, in, in, uh, wanted to uh, ask you real quick uh, 
Tiger Woods, 72 today. Mm-hmm. There's some talk he may have had some back spasms the last couple of holes. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it? Do you have an impression of how he how he did? I did get to watch it. I didn't notice. Yeah, sorry, Adam, we lost you there for a second. Hold on. Uh, we're, we're talking about Tiger Woods with uh, Adam Silverstein. The Tiger shot 72 today. Adam, can you still hear us? Uh, okay, uh, something happened to, <laughs> right at the very end. We were having a great talk with Adam Silverstein. Uh, if if you can hear us, Adam, we'll uh, we'll try to fix the problem. We're coming up on a break shortly. Uh, Adam Silverstein, you can uh, director of editorial CBS Sports at Silverstein. Adam, also Hello. OnlyGators.com at OnlyGators. You back, Adam? I'm here. Yeah. I'm okay. Here. I don't yeah. Know what happened, but we, go I'll ahead. You, I'll give you 10 seconds on Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods. I didn't notice back spasms, but he hit an Aaron shot that was pretty damn bad. Looked like I was out there. Um, he, it's his first round at playing. You know, on the PGA Tour, an official event in like a year. Give the guy a break. I think he's going to be fine. He said the surgery worked out for him. He's looked pretty healthy, all things considered. Hopes are up. I, I'm not that concerned about him right now. Oh, I have enough time to ask you one more quick question. Uh, sure. yeah, Vern Lundquist going to call his last Masters this year. You're mm. with CBS Sports. Do you have any thoughts on Vern? Uh, you know, can't speak to anything officially regarding that, but I'll, I'll just talk about Vern in general. Um, absolute legend, class act. One of the warmest, nicest people you can ever meet. I've only met him a few times, but felt like it was a familiar, you know, friend from back in the day. Um, and the fact that he's getting to call one more Masters before he hangs it up, couldn't ask for a better send-off. Oh, that's awesome. And we appreciate it, Adam. That, thanks for hanging with us there when we had that little sure. technical glitch. Uh, Adam Silverstein, at Silverstein. Adam, the director of editorial CBS Sports. Also, OnlyGators.com, at OnlyGators. And the CBS Sports line, what was the uh, address for that? Oh, just Sportsline, Sportsline.com, or at Sportsline on Twitter. Okay, Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to talking more about the Gators and all these other sports with you soon, and we'll keep an eye on Tiger, and we'll keep an eye on that big game this Saturday with the Gators. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Have a great one, guys. Thanks. It's Adam Silverstein. Uh, if, if you want to follow the Gators, and if you're a fan of the Gators, you should be following uh, Adam on, at Only Gators or on OnlyGators.com. The information's incredible, and uh, it really keeps you up to date on everything. And as you can tell, Adam's well-versed in a number of sports, and we appreciate him joining us here in the Ozone. And coming up after Kim Commando in the Fox Business Brief, we'll have a more local angle here to talk about. Jake Maloney and George Jenkins' girls' soccer team making a playoff run. Talk more with him. After the break, Coach Joe and the Ozone, Talk Radio 96.7, WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. And by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. Can I have some breaking news, Eric? How about that uh, tonight here in the Ozone? Uh, at the current time, Iowa leads Michigan in women's basketball. It's in the second quarter. And uh, the news there is that Caitlin Clark has now set the scoring record all time for women's college basketball. She hit about a 35-foot three-pointer. <laughs> really an incredible player. And now is the all-time leader in points scored in women's college basketball. So congratulations to Caitlin Clark. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about women's sports here in this segment a little bit. Uh, those of you who know me know that uh, one of the things that I do uh, is uh, I call, uh, announce the home games for George Jenkins girls' soccer. 
right over here at the stadium at George Jenkins High School. And so this is uh, something that means a lot to me. This team means a lot to me. Alex played on it when she was in high school. And uh, back, uh, you know, when I started in 2019 as the announcer, uh, the school, the club, the uh, soccer team was in a little bit of a disarray. It lacked stability and it was going through a lot, like three coaches in three years. And in 2020, along came uh, our guest tonight. Uh, and since then, since joining the team in 2020, the George Jenkins girls have four district titles, a regional final appearance in 2021, a regional semifinal appearance in 2022, and now another regional semifinal appearance coming up tomorrow. Uh, he's done a fantastic job of bringing stability to the program, and, and he, he's really—and uh, I'm not saying this uh, just because he's my friend. I'm saying this because it's true. He's really one of the best coaches, high school coaches, in any sport— in these parts. And of course, I'm talking about Jake Maloney of George Jenkins High School. Coach, thanks for joining us in the Ozone tonight. Hey, Joe, thanks for those kind words, man. I appreciate it. Well, no, it's it's true. I mean, what you did, by the way, and this this is uh, something worth talking about, is uh, you went down to West Palm Beach on Tuesday night with the team and came away with a 2-1 to victory over Seminole Ridge in the regional playoffs. Uh, probably the biggest win George Jenkins in a long time. Uh, certainly the first trip to the regional semifinals in at least a couple of years. But more important than that, you did this one on the road. Uh, a regional win on the road is extremely difficult to do. Uh, can, can, you know, I didn't get a chance to see the game. You know, it's not like there's a lot of television coverage. So uh, how, did you, how did you guys pull off that big two-to-one win? Uh, it was very, very weird uh the field when we went down there immediately it, it was much shorter than our field um field wasn't great and i knew it was just going to be one of those games where it's away it's a long ways away they have 13 seniors um so it was going to be a battle no matter what and we had started off really really weak and unmotiv- unmotivated um and they scored in the first i think 25 minutes and then um uh that new girl morgan i don't yeah, you remember Morgan. Um, she she came out, um, stole it from the back line, and poked it in. It was 1-1, uh, went into double overtime, and then put Georgia Strawbridge up top. And then she um, turned with her left foot and hit one right over the keeper's head. And then we had about eight minutes of just pandemonium and anxiety <laughs> for the other <laughs> team, you know, having a ton of shots and a ton of opportunities that our back line has, has held through. Um, and they've done so pretty much the entire season. Well, that's definitely a great defensive team. It's one, and defense travels, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it uh, does. Yeah, the, that back line is absolutely terrific. It includes Natalie Rosenberger. Mm-hmm. It includes uh, Devin Walker. And uh, somebody who I think is as good a defender as I've seen in my years watching you guys play, uh, Maya Spalding as your center back. Absolutely incredible defender. Yeah, she um, she is she's really, really great. And... Um, just a, a role model student athlete as well. I mean, I I was looking at this the other day. Her GPA is a 4.3. Um, has missed two practices in two years. Has been off of the field, I'd think, a total of 40 minutes for these last two years that she's played. So she's just a she's just a, a not only a stellar soccer player and an accomplished student, but she's just um, she's someone that the the underclassmen and I guess even some of the upperclassmen should look at and you know try to model their 
their uh, their life after, and she's um she, she's awesome. She's been a blessing. Well, you know, the team has evolved uh, over this season, uh, particular. It's uh, it's also uh, though that's a relatively experienced backline. The front line where, where your scoring comes from. You mentioned moving Georgie, who's a little bit more experienced, to the front there in overtime. But for the most part, she's played midfield, and uh, your your strikers are very young, aren't they? They are young, and the oof, it would have been great to have Georgie stay up top pretty much throughout the season. Um, but ever since we lost that group of seniors two years ago, uh, it really hasn't been anyone able to lead the team as well as she does. And regardless of how she does in the middle and where she'd prefer to play, it's hard to take her out of the center of the field just because of, of how well she can uh, game manage and her vision. You know, the girls listen to her and don't talk back to her because they know that, you know, she always means well and she's, she's always doing her best and wants the best for, for everyone around her. Um, but the, uh, the, the frustrations we've had scoring, I'd say a lot of it's just young players. Um, and I think that, you know, coming in as, an, as a freshman and thinking that you need to score all the goals, it can be tough sometimes. And they know that they've held a lot of the weight, um, or they're we're looking to someone to, to score goals. And if they're not it, you know, they can get down on themselves. But, I mean, we, we have them, and they're really, really trying. And they've done some really, really good things. But um, I, I can only – they're only going to get better, which is awesome. I mean, the three of the of our forwards that come in, and one starter that plays basically every minute, I mean, they're all freshmen, and they play a big part in our attack going forward. A couple of weeks ago, the team wasn't in great form. It was uh, struggled in the district tournament, both in the semifinal and the final. Uh, now they come out and have one of their biggest wins in years. Uh, what what happened over the last couple of weeks to get to get them right? I think it definitely was the Lakeland game. I think if if we would have won that Lakeland game, I don't think we would have won this last game. <laughs> I just think uh, they needed some sort of wake-up call because they think that you know I mean I guess we think as a team and the back line thinks that they're invincible um and then they can just exist on the field and and nothing bad happened but you know when you have either one of them makes a mistake or you know you have someone that really tests their abilities um and we, we just sort of we panic and then you know we've struggled to score all season so when they give up two against Lakeland in the first half it's uh it's a tough hole to crawl out of. And, you know, given the, the streak we had with beating them, you know, it's Lakeland's a great team and they've, you know, they've, they've been good. I think we've had the times where we've won, we've had the better team. Um, but, you know, that's soccer. I mean, it's tough to beat a team 19 games in a row, you know. So uh, I, I really do think if um, if we would have won that game, I don't think we would have won this, this past game. I think that really motivated them and fired them up and show that they weren't invincible, but also still have the confidence that, you know, they're a great team. And then with that one going into tomorrow's game, which is going to be a really rough one, uh, or sorry, tough one, it gives them a little bit more confidence too. Well, yeah, the losing that game did force you to go on the road this uh, this past Tuesday uh, to West Palm Beach. It must have been two-plus two, two plus hours to get there, and you guys don't take luxury accommodations, right? You took the, uh, the old school bus down there? <laughs> It's uh, it was three hours um, oh there, and three hours back. <laughs> so, on a Tuesday was, evening, oh, wonderful! <laughs> yeah, on a Tuesday evening, yeah. So it, we had uh, initially had a school bus set up, and then finally I got our athletic director to um, 
he couldn't find one. I think we had been asking for one, and I didn't think we were going to get it. And we got it last second, and it made the ride world different. Like, ain't no one wants to ride a school bus for six straight hours. Um, and it would have been a lot worse of a bus ride home if we had lost, too. So I think uh, it, it it was cool to get that sort of thing. But, I mean, I it was kind of funny because I had planned for the school bus, and they, they can't take toll roads and, you know, it goes a little slower. So we ended up getting down to – where we needed to be two hours before we needed to be there. So we kind of just hung around at a, at a Publix and you know, they had some fun. Well, that's good. That's good. So the, uh, but it did lead to a little bit of a slow start, but uh, they, they gathered themselves and rallied. Didn't, uh, it didn't lose um, faith in themselves, which is a credit to, to your coaching. And, and they really are, uh, you really do have a good team there and it hasn't always been the case. Uh, you, you know, it's not easy to, maintain a consistent winner, but you managed to do that since you arrived in 2020. You pl- you played at Lakeland Christian, and whenever you talk about soccer in the area, you always have to talk about Lakeland Christian because, and they rightfully, they have a great program and they deserve their accolades. But uh, they're also private schools, so they get to do some things that you can't do at a public school. And, and I was curious about the challenges in keeping and maintaining a winning program like you've done at George Jenkins. I think the <clears throat> the area... Um, it, it attracts a lot of um, a lot of how do I say? I, I would just say the area that we are in. I think we're just very blessed to have a lot of good players keep coming through the program, and you know having them stay at Jenkins and you know not going over to LCS um, isn't always a testament to uh, soccer whatsoever. Uh, obviously, it has a lot to do with the school itself, and you know I've I've been to LCS. Uh, I've, learned in an LCS classroom um, and have taught in a Jenkins classroom. And you can definitely, you can tell why some of these parents want to need to make certain decisions for themselves, but that helps out a ton. But it, uh, keeping players around to go to public high school is just getting harder and harder, especially when you have schools like LCS that just keep growing and growing. And they, you know, there are new uh, athletic facilities is amazing. You know, I hear their, their turf's about to, expire i think it's 10 years or something like that where they have to get new so they're going to put um, new turf in there at some point here in the next couple of years um so it's just hard to you know i it, it's hard to be in the same city of a school that looks like that and if your family can afford it then there's no question but um the athletic director was telling me back when in 2008 that the athletic facilities at george jenkins were the best in the county and i can definitely see that obviously you know it hasn't been maintained as as well as it, it could have, um, or it's just super old, or, or I think it's a combination of both. But, you know, when you have something like that and you had all the success that George Jenkins had, I mean, it was state champions in 2008. You know, they've been, I think, four or five times since then, um, you know, well before I was there in 2020. But it just having good players coming through all the time, it helps. It, you know, it makes me look really good as a coach, and I think that, you know, with the club soccer, too, being all over the place, I think that makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, and don't get me started. Now the club is going through high school season. That's uh, that makes it tough. But you know, I, I definitely think it's. I definitely think it has a lot to do with you know the, the players that we come in and and you know the the demographic we have here in, in South Lakeland. Well, well done the other night, Coach, and and give the team our best here at the Ozone, and uh, give them all the good karma as they head out on the road tomorrow night in the regional semifinal at Oviedo. Uh, it and uh, it, you know with your defense. 
you're going to give them a heck of a fight, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, getting ready for next Wednesday's regional final. Uh, the other semifinal, that, by the great. way, would, is Vieira and Boca Raton West, or West Boca Raton. So uh, also a couple of good teams. We're into the tall grass now, but you, uh, I have a lot of faith in your team. and a lot of faith in you, Coach, and we appreciate you joining us in the Ozone. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Joe. Uh, anytime. That's Coach Jake Maloney of George Jenkins High School Girls Soccer uh, with a great, great win the other night and a uh, big game coming up tomorrow night at Oviedo when we wish them all the best in that. And we want to s- uh, wish you all the best of luck coming up in our sports quiz here after the break in the Ozone with Coach Joe. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Bailey Howell, former Mississippi State Bulldog and NBA Hall of Famer. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ronnie and Joe, we're talking sports tonight in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors and Foshi Jewelers, both of Lakeland. We are back, ready to give away $30 to the Lakeland Ale House to those, that person who hopefully hasn't won in the last six months because then they'd be ineligible, can answer... A very simple and easy sports quiz question brought to you by the Ale House, 5650 South Florida Avenue, where 40 TVs are strategically located in order to give you the best view of the game. And there is a lot to watch right now, not just uh, uh, college basketball, but uh, college baseball starting up this week. Tigers out on the course again in Los Angeles with the Genesis Invitational. And uh, Daytona on Sunday. And don't forget a great important college basketball games, not just the Gators on Saturday, but this Sunday at noon uh, in Tampa at the Yangling Center, Florida Atlantic and USF in a battle that will probably determine who's going to win the uh, American Athletic Conference. And if the Bulls can somehow pull that off, there's a very good chance that they'll make the tournament. So if, uh, if you're like college basketball, try to get to that game, although I think it's a sellout, or go to the Ale House and watch it on Sunday at noon. That's probably what I'll be doing. Uh, we'll see. You never know. There's a very good chance of that, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, 682-1430, 682-1430. If you know the answer to this simple Super Bowl sports quiz question, Patrick Mahomes just won Super the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. Now, I'm going to name three quarterbacks. Which one of these quarterbacks also won Super Bowls in back-to-back years? Okay, only one of these three won back-to-back. Was it A, Ben Roethlisberger, B, Eli Manning, or C, Tom Brady? 682-1430, 682-1430. Give us a call, and we'll... uh, Eric knew the answer. Hey, nice work. Eric, though, I know you want to keep the the, uh, ale house money for yourself, but we have to give this away to a lucky caller. Okay, got it. So so stop trying to... uh, Close down the phone lines. <laughs> don't oh, let, rats, he's on to me. Don't let Eric suddenly say, oh, there's a technical glitch, Coach Joe. I can't uh, can't get anybody on the line. I'll just have to keep this food for myself. Thank you very <laughs> much. 682-1430. Um, for the question again, I'll read it one more time. Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. Uh, which one of these three quarterbacks... Also won Super Bowls in back-to-back years. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and Tom Brady. Now, uh, we know Tom Brady won a bunch of Super Bowls. Eli Manning won two, and Ben Roethlisberger also won two. But only one of the three won in back-to-back years. 
was it Ben Roethlisberger, who played for Pittsburgh all those years, Eli Manning, who played for the Giants all those years, or Tom Brady, who played for the Patriots and the Bucks as uh, during his very long career uh, as a quarterback and now uh, playing percussion for the Dun Kings. If you happen to be watching the Super Bowl and you watch uh, the commercials, which, you know, normally I can't find uh, I look for any way possible to not see the commercials but not in the Super Bowl I really want to watch what's going on and there were uh, I you know a lot of them were disappointing for the most part but there were a couple that more than made up for it uh, there was the promo for the upcoming minions movie uh, despicable me Four, which was incredibly funny it had John Hamm with a you know very stern voiceover talking about the future and technology but they're showing photos that look weird. And then you show the minions who have doctored them all, and they start doing that minions laugh that always gets me every time. So I thought, I thought that one was really, was really good. But the the Dun Kings commercial might have been the funniest. And if you have the opportunity, and you can go online, you can find the four minute version of that. Now, what you saw on on the commercial was about a thirty second or one minute uh, version of it, which was pretty good. But the four minute version. If you have time to uh, watch it online, is is amazing. It's it's absolutely uh, incredibly well done, and and I think uh, that one that one was well done as well. And uh, there were a couple of others, uh, but but those those two stuck out for me. And if uh, I, I don't know if you if you want to, by the way, have a favorite commercial that I didn't mention, give us a call six eight two fourteen thirty. Or give us a call at 682-1430 because we only have a couple minutes left in the show. And I really, really want to give away that $30 of the Lakeland Alehouse. So I don't want Eric to snarf it up again. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he's not going to do that. We're going to give it away to somebody, hopefully. 682-1430. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we have to give it away to somebody. That's what we do. And that's what the Alehouse is hoping we do. They they love it when uh, a contest winner comes in and, and eats. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and Tom Brady. Which of those three quarterbacks won back-to-back Super Bowls, okay? They've all won at least two, but which of the which of those three won back-to-back? Now, um, it's kind of obvious uh, who, it, who it is. <laughs> you know, it's not really a mystery. Uh, it's not going to fool anybody. You know, we, we don't ask trick questions here. We're pretty straightforward about it, so we're hopeful, hopeful that you'll call in and and get and uh, let us know. Uh, anyway, we're we're gonna have to close the show now. We're we're here for a few minutes afterwards. If you're lucky enough to call in six eight two fourteen thirty and try to get the thirty dollars, uh, we want to thank our guests tonight: Adam Silverstein, CBS Sports, and OnlyGators.com, and Jake Maloney of George Jenkins High School, the girls' soccer coach there, and, and wish them luck tomorrow at Oviedo. Uh, Eric, going on vacation, wishing you the best. Uh, Ronnie, hopefully listening at home, getting better, uh, get well, heal well, and we'll see you next week probably. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we will. And uh, we thank you for joining us here in the Ozone. We are starting to get calls now. Oh boy, it's great. Now I have to sign off, but we'll let you know next week if anybody won, and I'll tell you what the answer is if you don't already know. So join us next week here in the Ozone, Coach Joe, Talk Radio, ninety-six point seven, WL. K. F.